welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here to help spread the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has in not only building better relationships with other people, but ultimately building a more harmonious and stronger connection with Mother Earth. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to Mother Earth, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can help improve the relationship with yourself to, again, empower yourself so you can empower your community and empower our beautiful planet. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. Also, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram at The LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at thelyfoundation.com. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the LYF podcast. Monica here. And today I'm super happy because we are going to be chatting uh, with LYF Administrative Assistant, Rachel Baxter. She is our featured teammate of the month for the month of September. So we're going to be able to get to know her a little bit more and understand all the different things that Rachel does for LYF and just getting to know her story a, a little bit, a little bit more too. So I'll, I'll hand it over to you, Rachel, to give us a little bit more overview of who you are and, and what you do for LYF. All right. Um, I hope uh, that learning about me provides some something useful. Yeah, so I have been living in Las Vegas since I was uh, 11 years old. I'm 23 right now, and I just moved to Florida, um, but I stay connected with the Las Vegas community through LYF and through all of my friends who are um, back there. I was in boarding school for high school, so I spent my like 13 to 18 years um, away from Vegas. And so coming back, I kind of had to find a community. Um, and I found that in LIF over the past couple of years and um, kind of joined. Um, I participated in events to get a feel for the community and just really liked the energy and really liked everything that they were about. Um, I felt like it was a really important mission to be a part of. And so I am now on the admin team and I do a lot of backend type stuff. I do a lot of um, infrastructure of the program, kind of how um, certain campaigns or certain um, workshops, events, things like that will go. I kind of help out with ideas and I have some experience with social media management and virtual work like that. So I use that for helping um, advance the kind of community online as we're moving into a sort of hybrid of online and community things. I'm, I'm trying to keep our online presence mm-hmm. strong. Yes. No, and, you, and you've been definitely doing such a great job. Yeah. I want to say, Rachel, you started with us. Was it back in, was it earlier, earlier this year, right before, right before yeah. you left to Florida? <laughs> Yep. So it was, it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, at the end of, end of 2019, I, um, started getting in touch with you about, um, mm-hmm. working with, mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. And then as things shut down and I ended up spending a lot of time in Florida, I found that I was able to, um, help out virtually, which was great work for me and a great outlet for me during quarantine to feel like I was still connecting with community and still, um, Mm-hmm. giving out that message at a time where things were really, you know, scary and uncertain a lot of the time. And so it helped kind of restore my confidence and my mm-hmm. self-love in a lot of ways um, by, by reaching out to others. And also it was, it's a little, um, like I have a little bit of a selfish motive for wanting to strengthen the online presence because I'm going to be out of Vegas for so long. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I want to feel like, you know, the community has a far reach um, to where I will not feel like I'm missing out on the the arts community in Vegas because it's something real special. Uh, no, I, I totally um, I agree with you, and I'm 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 happy. You know, I'm excited for for the advancement. You know, of our online presence. It's been a journey, really, to to get to where we are. But I'm so proud of everything that 
um, as a team we've, we've been able to accomplish. And not only that, just uh, there's so much of it that honestly we couldn't have done without you, Rachel, because it was, you know, at the beginning of the quarantine, everything was so uncertain, like you said, and it was really like all hands on deck in a different way than what we were used to. You know, we were used to all hands on deck at events and, but this was a different type of environment. So I'm, I'm so grateful that it just, it, it seemed like perfect timing, honestly, how it all worked out. So it so did. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> everything, everything happens for a reason. And I, I very firmly believe in that. Um, and I think that, that, that really helped, um, us kind of grow and Mm -hmm. it was it was a new kind of chapter for LYF which I was really excited to be a part of and also very happy to be helping because I know so many of us went through like a lot of emotional turmoil related to quarantine not related to quarantine Mm -hmm. and seeing everyone be very human and very vulnerable at that time just kind of gave us the opportunity to to grow and help each other even more. So I'm, I feel so lucky for being part of it. Oh, well, I'm so grateful that you are. And so always so thankful. So I'm really happy again of how everything worked out. And so, so yeah, so now that we've touched had a little bit of, of the origins, you know, of how you started um, to work with us, let's get deeper into talking about you. So I want to know, what is it that you love about yourself, Rachel? And how, and do you feel like this quality has it helped you in overcoming some difficult moments in your life? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I like, I try to like a lot about myself. Um, I try to find things uh, that I like. My little sister actually says it probably the best. Um, she has always been super confident in a way that I wasn't. Um, she's She's eight years younger than me and she, when she was a little kid, she would just go up to me and my mom and be like, you know what? I have a lot of positive thoughts about myself. And (laughs) I just love that, that like, you know what? I do like myself. And so I try to kind of follow, follow in that and, and, you know, have some positive thoughts about myself. But I think I, I really like the way that I navigate my relationships with people. I am very loyal. I would, there's nothing I wouldn't do for the people I care about. Um, I'm a ride or die for sure. And I'm always willing to listen or do something, um, like do anything I can to help someone out when they need something. Um, I, I'm, I like to be the, the rock for people a lot of the time, especially for people Mm -hmm. who are also strong, but need, need someone to be vulnerable for them or need someone to be vulnerable for. I, I like to be that person for people. I like to, um, help them when, you know, they, they might find it hard to ask for help themselves. So I really love to, you know, just give kind of those little tiny little acts of affection and acts of, um, like love for people. I lived in a dorm when I was in high school. And so a bunch of teenage girls, um, we're all going through kind of a hard time living away from home. And so, you know, something as simple as, Hey, I made some extra food. You know, it's it's 10 p.m. and we're all studying. I made some food for everyone. I I made some scallion pancakes, or I made some craft mac and cheese, or made some brownies, and just sharing that was such an act mm-hmm. of caring and um, just kind of solidarity of like we're all in this together. We're all up way too late doing our homework, and we're all stressed about something or other, but we're all here. And this is a, a safe place for us to, you know, be, we can, we can just have, you know, human time. We can just be mm-hmm. human. We don't have to be students. We don't have to be performers. We don't have to excel. We don't have to, you know, be the perfect child or the perfect student. We can just be us and, and we can be together. So I, I think that that gave me a lot of um, a lot of loyalty and a lot of, you know, kind of devotion to the people that I care about that are always there for me. And mm-hmm. I, I think I do a very good job of returning that. I'm usually the person who, you know, um, one of my best friends goes through some some relationship trouble sometimes. And I'm usually the person to like, 
yay or nay their their significant others because I know <laughs> when when she is allowing too much to be taken advantage of in her, mm. I I draw the line and I'll I'll be mean so she can continue to be soft and and kind because I I like to be that that like I said that rock and protector. So yeah, I'd say that's that's probably one of the things I like about myself most most consistently. <laughs> I love that, you know, and I really, um, I, I love asking this question because it's so, um, when people start sharing, you know, I, I see it so well in their personality and, um, and, and how they carry themselves or however they um, attribute or, or carry that quality. And so, uh, you know, specifically with our team, um, I know it, it's always, it's been really fun for me to, to do these interviews with our teammates because it's, as I'm learning even more about you guys, I'm like, man, it's so true. And it's so wonderful because um, everyone brings such a unique piece to the puzzle of what makes LYF, LYF. And with what you said, what you shared, that's so true. I mean, it was, I think back again to um, the beginning of the quarantine and just how we were all trying to navigate, okay, how are we going to continue to offer um, programming to our community and in what ways. And, and I just remember it was just such a breath of fresh air to you, you really were, you know, truly like a, a rock during those uncertain times. And, and for me, you know, as a person that, um, you know, it's been so interesting these past few years, like learning to ask for help, learning to, you know, understand that, it does take a team, you know, and um, being vulnerable enough to to ask for help and definitely getting better at it. But um, but I just remember again back when when you started with us and 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 helping during the quarantine, it was truly like I said, a breath of fresh air and and so helpful. And you truly were a rock during those uncertain times. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm so grateful again, not only just to to have you part of the team. But um, to be able to call you a friend, honestly, because it's it's so um, that quality that you possess uh, really allows for perseverance. And, you know, in our case, not just on an individual level, right? It's for a, a co-created collective to carry forward the message. So. <laughs> thank you Aww. for being who you are, Rachel. Ah, <laughs> thank you for being my friend too. I I really appreciate it, and I really, I I love. Um, like, you know, I can be very hard and very aggressive and straightforward sometimes. And it, it does put some people off. So I have, like, a lot of my best friends are um, some of the, like, softest, like, kindest people. And um, it reminds me that, like, I'm also – I'm drawn to that because it mellows me out and reminds me to be kind. Mm -hmm. But they're also drawn to, you know, kindness in me. So I'm not all hard. I'm not all not all <laughs> mean or brute force. And so I just like to – I like to know that I have that balance, um, especially with, like, you and Maymay and Audrey and so many of the, the women in the group. Um, they like surrounding myself with people like that and energy like that has just been very, very affirming. Ah, I'm so happy to hear it. At the end of the day, right, we all need each other. We all balance each other out. So it's so again wonderful to to see it come to life. All of the different attributes. <laughs> so, but awesome, Rachel. So for my next question for you is, when did your self love story begin? Did you have like a breaking point moment where you're like, okay, this, I really want to take this on now. Um, or was it pro a progressive thing? How did it manifest for you? Yeah, it, it was, it was a journey. Um, mm -hmm. I, I have a very non-linear, very rocky journey to self-love that I'm obviously still on. Um, a lot of it, came from my high school because I went to a high school where you were expected there was about a 30% chance that if you went there, you would go to Harvard, Stanford, MIT, and be some like groundbreaking scientist or doctor or achiever in some other way and like a super successful entrepreneur. Um, and they put a lot of pressure on us, but also in putting that pressure on us, they 
kind of let us know that there was going to be no no way we could ever be perfect. Um, mm-hmm. Our grade point averages were out of 11, uh, which is strange, but our grade point averages were out of 11 points, and we were told that, that no one, no student in the history of the school had ever gotten an 11, and the highest that they'd gotten was a 10.9 or something. So right away, there was no way to really achieve in a way that that you could be like yeah I did it you could be like I do did well enough but you could never get to that peak and it seemed like they were dangling you know stuff in front of us a lot of the time always teaching you to be not happy with yourself to think that whatever grade you got wasn't good enough because it wasn't perfect even though you had no chance of being perfect and you know we were 13 14 entering in and growing up to adults by the time we graduated. And so we were, we were kids who were kind of taught to be extremely hard on ourselves mm-hmm. and to never like really think we were good enough um, and kind of had our egos destroyed. And they wanted it to create selfless people, but really they created a lot of, a lot of self-hatred. Um, a lot of girls I, I know went through body image issues and struggled with self-harm and depression and anxiety and all while living away from their parents. Um, and these things were so hard to deal with. It was, it felt like every day was full of, you know, new daunting things to overcome. And we were expected to do a lot of things. Like I, I'm good at a lot of things now because I had to do all of them, but I did art, I did science and mathematics and English. And, and like, I, I was on, um, uh, the track team and I did volleyball and I did theater and I did all these things that like, because I wanted to be well-rounded, but I was expected to kind of have a full plate on each load and something had to give. And the thing that gave was eventually me. Um, and it, it, it caused me to be so hard on myself in a way that was almost like toxic to everyone else because I, people would walk around and I'd be like, just angry at the way that the school treated me angry at feeling like I was never good enough. And it, it isolated me from everyone else. And I think a lot of other people went through this because I've talked to, you know, friends who've grown up and gotten away from that school. Um, but we were all kind of steeped in our own own self-hatred for so long that the fact that we could even connect to one another on any level was amazing, but we couldn't connect in ways that allowed us to truly heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't until I graduated and started growing up and I came back to UNLV, I came back to Vegas and living with my family And it was really only then that I could start, you know, finding things about myself that I could like that weren't based on my intelligence or based on how fast I could run, how much I could row, how well I could do ceramics. Um, And it, I kind of had to just be like, I'm not, I'm not, my worth isn't based on my intelligence. My worth isn't based on my achievement. My worth isn't based on how much money I make or what school I I am getting a my first degree from and it it was it was hard to permeate that like academic elitist bubble um Mm -hmm. but I did and and it has been hard um to you know find parts of myself that I liked to have those positive thoughts uh but I really focused on what I could do for other people what I could do for me like I I love that I have such loving friendships because I feel like my friends do get fulfillment from it and I get fulfillment from my friendships and that doesn't have to have any sort of, you know, output to capitalism or education in any way. It can just be that and it can be enough. Um, I've tried really hard to um, have a good, a, a better relationship with my family since coming back because my siblings basically grew up from little kids to younger kids um, while I was gone. So I, I've tried to reconnect with them. And, you know, sometimes I don't need to be a big sister who went off and did all these successful things. I can just be a big sister who loves 
her, her little siblings and, you know, calls them and wants to talk to them and wants to message them and see how they're doing. And just kind of knowing that love was enough and everything else could come after or could come, um, you know, along with it was a really big realization and has helped me forgive myself for a lot of, you know, the ways that I didn't live up to my own or other people's expectations and allowed me to set set new goals that didn't didn't come with um, breaking down my, you know, my ego and, and deciding I wasn't worth anything. Mm, how beautiful. Thanks so much for, for sharing so much because it's, uh, yeah, I, I think so many people could probably um, identify with some of the struggles, right, that, that you've gone through and it's so true or you get caught up in that that cycle of like, oh, I need to be the best, I need to be the best, and I need to be the be the best like great right on paper it's like oh how great this person does all these things but in reality there is so much more to a person right than what than what we're able to produce so I'm so so happy that you reached that uh, realization for yourself and embracing how you said now like how cool is it now yeah you, that you know how to do a variety of things um but but seeing it from a different perspective now, not a, not not the perspective of like oh I have to be the best, but more of more from the perspective of enjoyment and of expression, right? And and that's something that obviously with LYF we we try to promote um, as much as we can. And you know, I, uh, years ago it just made, it made me think of um, a question that my, my therapist at the time asked me, and they asked me, Monica, what what, how can you describe yourself, but don't include your occupation? And I remember I got stumped. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so, and it kind of, I feel like goes hand with some of the things that you've gone through. So I identify a lot with what you've gone through, Rachel. Thank you. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it was, you know, do things because you like to do them and not mm-hmm. because you want to know, you know, what you can succeed or how you can advance mm-hmm. yourself in society with them. Um, I, I am a firm believer that people should, you know, make art and sing and dance and, you know, do all these things, take up hobbies, even if they're not good at them. Because, I mean, just the idea that you have to be an expert at something to, to do it or to be justified in doing it um, is real harmful. It's real harmful mm-hmm. because humans have made art for as long as we can remember, and they didn't worry about if they were experts at it yet. So I, I think um, and encouraging my friends to try new things like that in that vein and to be bad at things and improve but not worry about getting there but or not worry about getting to that point but enjoy getting there. Mm-hmm. Yes, enjoying the journey to get there and – and it's always right, and it's never so much about the destination, but everything that you're learning along the way. And same with your, you know, with your creating a song or, or art piece, anything. It's uh, it really is that that journey that you get to enjoy. So, yeah, and that was one yeah. of the best parts about uh, the LYF self expression was you could see so many people um, get up on stage or share something and it didn't have to be scripted. It could have been organic. It could have been pre-prepared and Mm -hmm. it was just, it was always beautiful to see like, yeah, this is what humans do. They join together and express themselves. And Mm -hmm. that was a, a really important part of me learning, you know, not to worry about how, how good I am at something because it's Mm -hmm. the sharing that was important, not the, the quality or, professionalism of the work I was sharing oh that means a lot I'm so happy to hear that Rachel (laughs) and I (laughs) so now let's let's get into our next question so let's talk a little bit more um, about your role with LIF and how you've been able to help it grow and I'm I'm also curious to know um, when was it that you discovered LIF too I'm curious (laughs) so I I think I discovered it I want to say sometime in late 2017, early 2018 was um, when I like kind of got it on my radar because I went to a lot of 
open mics to try and find people who shared my interests in, you know, poetry and music and things like that. And I only really had UNLV, which is a great, a great environment. And you can meet a lot of new people there, but I wanted kind of a non-academic feel. I wanted a more community feel. Mm -hmm. And so it was, yeah, probably like once I graduated and had a car and had the free time to to do things was that I discovered OIF. Um, and I've I've been to the most events I've been to in that um, in in the group I think are the self expressions. Um, mm-hmm. I think those are the ones I've been to the most. And whenever I there is one, I usually try and bring someone new um, because it's just such a great it's such a great event and no matter where it is, like we've had them downtown, we've had them at Ferguson's, we've had them at Mm -hmm. Artifice, like they're just so, so like inviting. There's something welcoming. Mm -hmm. Like you go there and you instantly feel like I'm home. Like you'll see Phil giving massages. You'll see Juan with like the communal art and you'll just be like, yeah, there's, there's places I can go here. Um, And so I started out by just reading some poems at those self-expressions. Um, oh my gosh, and- I remember. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking, I'm remembering the first time that you hopped on stage. Yeah, and you shared a poem. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, and I was kind of like, I don't know. I was, I felt scared because I just kind of wanted to be a participant for a long time. And then, and then I decided to be, you know, one of the people actually doing the open mic and it, it, the energy followed me on stage. So I didn't, I ended up not being scared and feeling just like I belonged with everyone else performing and things like that. And I've met a lot of good, um, friends and I've had a lot of friends that I've met and then I've run into at self-expressions um Mm. and so I've known like a hundred percent that yep I'm with the right crowd because I I have such good energy from this person and I I really like them whether we met at a coffee shop or on campus or somewhere and then now we're running into each other at this like community event so I know they're about the same things I'm about um and what's really what was really great was that I could find so many people with so many of my different interests. Like I um, am big into environmental sustainability and like minimal waste living and kind of activism for the environment, as well as, you know, I'm on the social side for social justice and equal rights and feminism and all of that, all of that stuff. Um, And then I'm on the artistic side too. I like to create, I like to write, I like to paint. And so finding people who, Maybe they share more of my interest in one way or another, but they generally share multiple in some way. Um, It feels really validating because it's like, yeah, we can be well-rounded human beings and share all these interests and they all coincide with, you know, us wanting to make a more peaceful, better Mm -hmm. world for everyone to live in. And it's just been very good because a lot of the times I felt like I would have to eventually pigeonhole myself and... I'd have to be the activist. I'd have to be mm-hmm. the artist. I'd have to be the poet. And I don't ever have to do that with LYF. I don't ever have mm-hmm. to choose. I can choose it all. Oh, yes. So that makes yes, that makes me so happy. <laughs> so that was why I decided to to join. Um and then in joining, um, I have a lot of experience from from, you know, my regular jobs and then I've worked for um a couple nonprofits and like organizations for for charity and things like that and I wanted to help LYF because I know that the mission is so important to me and that communities like this are something that should be at everyone's fingertips like it took me a while to find it um because I was you know relatively new to the city having not grown up in for high school um there and so it was it was very important to me that I, you know, make that more accessible. And it did come in line with, you know, quarantine. And I felt like we can, we can make this more accessible to people online. We can make it, you know, we can make our presence and our voice even, even larger because then you don't even have to attend the, the events to get the feel of our community Mm -hmm. because we, 
it, then we kind of reduce ourselves to, you know, physical, physical intimacy or physical closeness. And while we are so good at creating that, I also wanted us to, to be able to, um, like expand that. And so I was kind of working on with everyone ideas that could help, help advance that, um, ideas for, you know, ways to collaborate with others and amplify their voices, um, to ways to take stances on social issues in a way that also advanced our message, um, that, that promoted, you know, love as the solution to all love as the thing that heals all. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to say what kind of work we've done because we've done a lot of planning and brainstorming and like, obviously we've done a lot of post writing and things like that mm -hmm. and workshops, but yeah, we, I mean, we've just kind of, we, we just kind of rolled with the punch that going online had to give us. And I was mm -hmm. really happy to help with, you know, adjusting to that, adjusting to, you know, feeling like it could be a much more impersonal, environment to be doing a workshop in zoom but you know mm -hmm. how do we how do we change that energy to the unique lyf energy so i i think i that was where i i did most of my helping out yeah no absolutely and yeah and um much like how uh may likes to describe it too right is is helping build the foundation for the love of yourself foundation <laughs> And that's what you've been doing so great, you know, through writing or through creating forms that we need to create, or like you said, brainstorming. So it's, it's so much um, does go behind the scenes. And it's honestly, it's again, been such a joy to be able to share that with you and with May May and uh, with the others behind the scenes. And because um, it is a lot of work, but it's so again, so, so gratifying to be able to share that um with you and and with the others um and i really and, and i always find like it's the feedback is so much uh bigger really like it's like oh it's always so worth it and more you know and mm -hmm. so so yeah so so happy and grateful um to again to have your talents on the team and just to see it grow and what's really funny and i, I might have shared it before was that one of my early goals for this year before COVID was to get LYF much more uh, seen online because eventually uh, the intent is to make it as global as we can, you know? And so COVID really made us step into that really fast. <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, so we're, I'm happy though. I'm grateful of the growth. I'm grateful of everything we've been able to do and, and there's so much more ahead. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I think we we got knocked off of our feet a little bit and and did our best to to roll with that and adjust and then um once, you know, things calm down and we can work on our identity as an in-person and online presence, what that looks like and we can be a little more steady, have a little more time to prepare for things. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, mm -hmm. hopefully. Yes. Awesome. So yeah, let's talk a little bit more about these times that we're living, you know, through COVID, through the different, um, the racial tension that the United States is feeling amongst other issues, you know, that have come to light. Um, but I want to ask you, Rachel, what's the biggest lesson that you've been able to gather since all of this started this year? Um, I think one of the one of the biggest lessons that I've had to had to think about, you know, in the past, say, like, yeah, since the start of the year, so nine months now, um, which is wild. I'm like, wow, we only have we only have a few months left this year. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, what I would say is, like, look at look at the people you love, and like, do what you can to help help whatever problems they have because that's I mean that's like 90% of the battle is you know doing what you can around you vote in local elections you know if you if you are going to a protest go with your friends if um you know someone's really hurting about something whether it's bigger or larger picture you can offer an ear and ask how can I help like how can I help that would help right now how can I help that would create lasting change? Um, because, you know, 
things like things like isolation and quarantine um, can be really detrimental on people's health. But mm-hmm. it's not it's not a one time thing. It's not one day of isolation. It's a process. So if you just look at your friends and check in with them and say, you know, how can I help you? That that goes so far. Um, to help. And obviously there are systemic issues with how quarantine is handled and how, you know, this outbreak is handled, but you, you ultimately have very little control over that. And it's good to take what control you have over that and exercise it, whether political, social, medical, any of that. But I mean, really take care of your circle first, because you know, mm-hmm. if we if we lose people to racial injustice, if we lose them to mental health issues, if we lose them to COVID, there's no one else to to keep improving with. So you need to keep you need to keep checking on your your people in your community so that you have a community to make change. And mm-hmm. that was kind of one of the things that I've had to struggle with because COVID is such a big problem. It is worldwide and it is everywhere. And, you know, it's easy to feel helpless and hard to feel like you can do literally anything. But, you know, I, I stayed in touch with um, my friends. I have made sure to, you know, adhere to guidelines as best as I can and with as much knowledge as I can. And, you know, I've tried to, um, just kind of improve my little circle and keep my little circle safe. And then I can think about the bigger ramifications. I can think about what else would work. And so it just starts because I wanted to just change things from the ground up. Like I just, or from the top down, like the entire world, like I I would want to solve it. Obviously. And so many people have that problem. Like you have, people have fix it syndrome, Um, Mm -hmm. but you can't do that with a problem like this. And you can't solve things like systems of, of disenfranchisement and marginalization of people. You can't solve those from the, the very top. And it's very hard to create change like that, but you can start from the ground up. And so Mm -hmm. I want people to, you know, not despair in the big picture, keep it in mind when you're acting, but definitely look at what you can do and look at how you can affect the people around you. Start a small community garden, you know, send letters to your friends, things like that, that show, show real care and sustainability and, and show, you know, what's important to you is like these people that I love are important to me, you know, like the the big picture can get changed, but only if we work together to change it. And it's so really sad. hard. It's been really hard. I <laughs> I, I struggle with listening to that because sometimes I read the news and I'm just like, I want to burn everything down. But, <laughs> and so it sounds like I'm being very like you know zen and happy and flowery, but like no, like organize within your community, use your community, use the people you're around. If you feel helpless look at what you can do right now. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's where it'll all start. And that's where that, you know, every, every avalanche starts with a couple snowflakes. So true. I, and I, I love that um, you said that because um, yeah, I think that it, for me, if you know, that's what came, became apparent to me a few years ago. It's like, it really does matter uh, what we do on, as an individual and then what we can contribute and in, in, in our local community, because as you said, it, it's a, it just has to start and it's a ripple effect truly over time. And imagine if all different small communities do this work, eventually that small community starts combining all the communities, right? All the efforts. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes this big movement. <laughs> so, you know, it does matter. So yeah, I'm really, really, I'm grateful that that's what you've shared with us. Yeah, it's a hard lesson to listen to for <laughs> even for myself some days. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think of like LYF started with you and mm-hmm. you obviously weren't alone. You were not in a vacuum of any sort. You have like the people that you reach out to, but, you know, community organizing starts with one person. So mm-hmm. whatever change you want to make, whatever art you want to make, if you want to have, you know, if you want to find artists, like just reach out to the people in your community and the rest will follow. Um, mm-hmm. And and yeah, it'll, 
it'll make the world a better place and you can help your make your own little world better, which, you know, if everyone did that in their own little disjointed communities, we'd have a much more, much more um, improved uh, community overall, as opposed mm-hmm. to if everyone just keeps, keeps being miserable and assuming that there's nothing they can do about it. Exactly. Exactly. That's and that's the fetist attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that's how, that's mm-hmm. how people keep the, the same power structures as they've always had by paralyzing mm-hmm. everyone else, making them think that they, they have no choice. They have nothing mm-hmm. they can do when we're, we're very powerful as single human beings in like a massive, massive organism of human consciousness. We're, we're pretty important. Yes, yes. And that's, uh, that's exactly what uh, we hope to get translated, right, with what we're doing with LYF is help people feel empowered. So it does, you know, it does matter. It, it truly does matter. And um, what, what I'm good at, maybe what, maybe you're good at something else and then imagining, you know, all of it coming together. So as one, like, as you said, with this human, this vast human organism that we are. <laughs> so, so yes. Well, awesome, Rachel. So diving a little bit deeper too into these times. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, it's, it's been challenging times. Um, but what have you done specifically to stay balanced and stay well um, throughout all of these changes that, that we've been going through? So I think I've tried to balance the individual and community and myself and it it took some adjustment, but I think now I'm kind of at a comfortable place. Um, On the individual level, I made sure to, you know, take care of myself, nourish my body, work out enough, get, get activity in with my dogs, um, you know, get outside, stay outside you know, in my backyard where I don't have to worry about any sort of social distancing, but I can still be outside and feel, you know, um, get grounded. And I did art. I started writing again. I started painting and drawing and I've gotten to share that with my husband who, which I'm like very lucky. He likes to indulge and try out all these things and he sees these as outlets too. Um, so we've been, doing a lot of stuff that's just like, you know, we're just making things on our own, making things that make us happy. And we took up, you know, DIY stuff. We built a home gym, we built uh, bookshelves, and we were by no means, we're not, we're not contractors of any sort, and we don't have a lot of expertise. But, you know, we asked our friends, we asked for advice and help when we needed it. And the outcome of that was just I mean, it was really great. Like we get to have things that we did ourselves and then, you know, we, we feel like we got help and, um, that we got to produce through the help of these other people. Like we got to produce some really cool stuff. And so that was a great way to get balanced, you know, just in, in my little, you know, home, my little household was, doing a lot of things that we wanted, even if we weren't good at them, trying them out, getting good at them, asking for support. And then on the community level, we've been, you know, staying connected with people in Las Vegas, helping out where we can. I've been sending a lot of letters to my friends who I know are, a lot of them are still quarantining um, and are still, you know, even if they're not quarantining, they're not having big social gatherings, so they can still, um, it can still feel a little isolating for them. So Mm -hmm. I just want, you know, I want them to know that I still care about them and think of them all the time. So I've been writing a lot of letters to my friends across the country and Mm -hmm. letting them know that, you know, they're loved and supported and that no matter what happens that I will always, you know, be there for them and want to hear about their stuff. Um, and yeah, so it's been, it's, it's harder in a smaller town where there's not as much community and when things are closed down, it's, it's much more dead than Vegas, but, Mm um, we've been trying, so it's, it's been good. And I, I have enjoyed feeling like, you know, I'm not entirely selfish. I'm still working on LYF and working in the community and trying to organize for the causes that I find, um, you know, most important to me. 
but mm-hmm. I also am taking time to, you know, fill up my tank so that I can continue to do that. So exactly. I think that's, I think that's the, that was the hardest part was finding that balance and feeling not like I had to flip flop completely one way or the other. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I'm, yeah, I'm glad that you said that because that was like a, at the beginning of the quarantine, I, I had that, that realization, right? I was like, man, because this is, I mean, we're all dealing with this, this trauma, this collective trauma right now, but it's so important to do whatever it is that you need to do uh, to be able to, to stay well and to stay balanced so you can still do the things that you enjoy. Uh, and, and I mean, that's something, right? Like with self-care, self-love, it's so talked about all the time, but boy, was it so like in our faces this year <laughs> with like with, with oh my everything. gosh I know it's, it's like it's really a matter of uh self-preservation as well um if we want to mm-hmm. stay you know survive these 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 unprecedented times so but no I'm so happy and I'm so grateful to um I mean everyone really on the team we've all grown tremendously as people and I think that's why it's translated in the work um, that we've been able to to do and the new things that we've tried and and that wouldn't have been possible right without all of us taking care of what we all needed to do for ourselves so it's it's such a joy to to create with you and with everybody absolutely <laughs> awesome Rachel so to wrap it up my last question for you is what piece of advice can you tell folks that are listening um, to stay inspired during these times that can be perceived as quite dark, you know, from at least that's from many angles and especially if, if you watch the news. So, <laughs> so what can, yeah, what, what piece of advice could you offer for folks to stay uplifted, to stay inspired? I would say that to stay inspired I mean, first limit your time on the news. There's only mm-hmm. so educated. There's only so educated you can be. Um, you can just get stuck in a rabbit hole of like despair in the news. Like tune out. Um, absolutely, and take time for yourself and do things that you are bad at just because you want to do them. Like do art, make bad art. Um, like sing badly sing off key dance awkwardly like do all of these and like kind of indulge your um Juan's always talking about inner child but indulge your inner child like do the things you want just because you want them and want to do them and not for any other reason start with filling your tank first and then when your tank is full you can do things for others it's just really important like if you want to you know write articles on your political opinions but you don't have great political opinions that's fine you will form them you will like learn and you will become someone who's better at that, but you don't have to be the best. You don't have to write for Washington Post. You can paint. You don't have to be, you know, Van Gogh. It's all about being bad at something and getting better. And you just have to appreciate the, like, the journey of getting there. I I think that's really important in, you know, kind of loving yourself is loving the things you do, even if you don't do them well, even if you do do them well. Like, it, it doesn't have to matter. And that's something I try to try to have everyone, you know, adhere to because a lot of people will wall themselves off to things if they're not immediately good at them. And it keeps people from, you know, indulging that creativity. And creativity is, in psychology, it's shown to be a factor that contributes to resiliency, which is Mm -hmm. how you respond to trauma, how you bounce back, how you overcome obstacles. So creativity is one of the factors that, you know, increases your resiliency and helps how you respond to trauma. And there are many types of trauma that we could all be going through, whether personal or collective. And creativity and indulging that self-love, indulging that inner child is going to be the only way to, to increase that resiliency and come face whatever's next. Because if there's anything that this year especially has taught me, it's that there's going to be curveball after curveball. So what you can do is learn how to roll with the punches and, you know, look at those curveballs and face them head on. Yes. Yes. Uh, I love, um, yeah, everything that you shared, Rachel, and especially the bit on um, keeping your inner child active 
and expressive and, and just tapping in um, because that, that inner child knows a lot about yourself and then keeping that creativity alive. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, those are all the questions I have for you, Rachel. Is there any, any last minute comments you'd like to share? I don't think so. It's just been so good to talk to you. Um, I feel like, I feel like we've learned more about each other and about LYF having this conversation. So I'm just, I'm just really glad to be a part of this team and to have, you know, the people around me that I am lucky enough to have around me and have the community that I do. Um, it's something that I hope everyone else gets to find whether or not this is their community. I hope everyone finds their own, um, Mm -hmm their own place to feel the way I do when I'm with LYF. Ah, oh, that makes me so happy. Me too. You know, I just to, to keep spreading that to this love to, for, for wherever it is encountered. And, you know, this, this message that we're spreading isn't exclusive to us, right? It, it's, it's a universal thing. So same, I, I hope people find it and if people find it with us and that makes me super happy. And, um, but just as long as people are out there learning to love themselves a little bit more every day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome, Rachel. Thank you so, so much for your time. I'm so happy that um, we are highlighting you this month and I'm excited for people to get to know you more. And, uh, and thank you so, so much for, for your service because that's truly what we're all doing here is, is a service not only for, for ourselves, but for, for all. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having Mm me. Of course. And thank you to everyone listening. Um, If you are interested, we'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a rating, a review. We'd love to learn from you. But yeah, thank you everybody so, so much. Bye.